Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Hello, passionate listeners and watchers. Welcome to Passion Harvest. Thank you so much for joining us wherever you are in the world. I'm Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. I'm so excited for my guest today. His name is Matt Omo. And Matt Omo is a leading authority on the power of sound. Matt has decades of experience working with sound healing techniques, spiritual psychology, breathwork, shamanic and intuitive practices to bridge cultures and traditions from around the world to empower people to live their full potential. Matt's passion is to demystify the healing power of sound, making this wisdom accessible to the modern lifestyle through practical processes that are effective and impactful at reducing stress, relieving anxiety, building resilience and allowing for a more harmonious way of living. Sounds amazing. This is his story and this is his passion. Matt, welcome to Passion Harvest. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> um, I'm so glad you're on the show. I guess let's start with, well, since you're the, the sound guru, what is sound? <laughs> <laughs> what is sound? Yes, well, it depends on what, what culture or tradition you're leaning into. Um, okay. I think... And this is one of one of the things that I always um, find is a is a bit of a hurdle for people in the Western world to to actually embrace sound in a healing modality and and to be able to work with it to shift our consciousness and help us to live in harmony and and really take command of our lives. Um, is that um, we look at it as more of entertainment, right? Sound is music, music is sound. And then we start to lean into this idea, especially when you're working with instruments and things, that there's going to be a performance or um, that they're going to be entertained or this kind of thing. But if you trace back through ancient cultures and traditions, you'll find um, the use of sound as in mantra, even in prayers, there's, there's music, um, there's um, in some of the uh, indigenous cultures, they use it through their ceremonies and different rituals. There's, it's used as a sacred medium. And it actually, if you look then at their creation stories, um, majority of cultures and traditions and creation stories actually lean into this concept that all is sound, all of consciousness is sound. And then you get to lay on top of that the... Um, modern science, the more of the quantum physics and um, what we're starting to discover as we explore the brain more deeply, as we explore our physical world more deeply, is that uh, we really are all vibration. And if sound is vibration and we are vibration, then we are in essence sound. And so that's where I like to hang out and, and like to lean into is how how deep does this rabbit hole go and how, you know, how powerful and and what capacity do we have to work with consciousness as we explore the different layers of sound oh this is getting really exciting i mean i believe <laughs> everything is energy but then i'm going to have to ask you to define <laughs> vibrational what's the difference between frequency and vibration 
In, it's not too scientific terms. I know. I don't want to get too scientific. <laughs> I know you can get either. really it's scientific like, with me because but, you're an expert at this. <laughs> oh, I don't know, but I, I just I'm really passionate about it, as you said at the I, beginning. I, I'm yeah. Well, I'm passionate about you being passionate about it. You're on the right <laughs> show. So sorry. Please continue. <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah. Well, well, frequency is is just a measurement of vibration in essence. So frequency is the number of times that the wavelength cycles mm-hmm. per second. And so you you can measure then, um, you know, different different tones have different frequencies, so they're they're moving slower or faster, um, and that's why if you if you then take that model, because you know obviously with our ears when we tend to talk about sound, um, we're gonna look at what we can hear with our ears, mm-hmm. right? And just just expanding out of our potential or our, our range of sound, there's ultrasound and infrasound, and there are animals and um, on the planet that actually work with sound beyond what we can hear. So we're limiting ourselves just by having that frame of reference that sound is 20 to 20,000 hertz that we hear with our ears. And so if you expand out, you just, what, what's happening is you're getting wavelengths of, of frequency that are either um, faster or slower um, as they move through time. And here we go, getting too technical. Um, but, no, 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 it's but, good. <laughs> <laughs> but if you then if you then take that and expand it out, extrapolate it out to okay, well that's that's sound frequencies. Then we got infrasound underneath that, which is uh, undersound, and we got um, ultrasound, which is over the sound of what we can hear, beyond the sound of what we can hear. And then you go even further, and you say, well, actually, what I'm seeing with my eyes is vibrations as well. There's an actual frequency to the colors that I'm seeing with my eyes. And those are actually 40 times greater frequencies than what we're hearing with our ears. And so in essence, my eyes are vibrational interpreters just as my ears are. And if I then remove that limitation of sound being 20 to 20,000 Hertz that I hear with my ears, then I can start to lean into this idea that, oh, I'm not only just hearing in frequencies and vibration, but I'm seeing, and there is some science now that's showing that we're tasting and smelling on a quantum level through vibration. And our senses are then, you know, starting to pick that up. And then you can take it even further and you can say, oh, my emotions, I can measure my electromagnetic um, frequency of my heart and of my brain. So emotions and thoughts then become frequency or sound. And then you can go on and on and on. And I look at it as, all of consciousness then is an infinite um, spectrum of vibration or frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, you could call it energy if you wanted to. Um, but vibrations but are more technical. I, I use them quite correct. interchangeably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So hope that makes sense. It, it's fantastic. But and, and, and feeling sound as well. I mean, we, we've all felt sound, how it feels in our body. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is why it's so exciting to to start to work with sound in a healing way, because if we can all relate to that, we can all say, you know, I've, I've heard songs that, that elicit an emotion of sadness or of joy or of bliss or, you know, it's like our emotions start to come out. We actually can feel the sound. And if you've been in a room and, and you've toned with um, people, what I mean by that is just singing a, a note uh, elongating a note, um, which is a practice that they do in different traditions and cultures, is chanting or toning or um, mantra, this kind of stuff. Um, you can actually feel those vibrations in your body. And 
it's um it's not just an imagination like it's it's actually what's happening because if you i i, I like to call um well these days i like to call sound as like a covid safe hug um okay because, that's a good one a covid safe hug <laughs> yeah because you're literally touching each other with your voice and even even like the beautiful thing that i found over the last year because most of my work was in person and doing groups and retreats and such and when all that shut down i was able to get into portals like this through zoom or whatnot and and bring groups together and i thought oh it's not going to translate but it actually does translate and you can actually transmit the sound and the intentionality behind the sound through this type of medium which is fascinating but back to my original thing what i wanted to say about healing being um like it's such a good thing through sound to have this opportunity to heal with it because we're working on three different levels then is that you making the sound okay it obviously is your vocal cords vibration let's just use our voice right our instruments are the same but it's just different frequencies so we're using our voice so my vocal cords vibrate they push up against the air and then those molecules in the air vibrate and then they impact my eardrum obviously too then here well not only is the eardrum picking up those vibrations but also our body is because it's mostly water right and so water is four times the greater conductor of sound than air is so the cells in our body then start to move to the sounds that are that it's being exposed to and so when those cells start to move it's it's the same biological reaction as if somebody was touching you because that, that touch, the heat from the body, the sensations of touch actually then create oxytocin, for example, amongst other chemicals that help you to relax, help you to feel love, help you to be more at peace. So on a physical level, the sound is actually eliciting a similar response as if you were being held, if you were being you know, touched or embraced. And so that's why I say sound is like a COVID safe hug. It's, it's and yeah, fascinating. I'm I'm deeply intently listening to your voice. So keep keep going. <laughs> okay. So then, so that's the physical level, and and then, I mean, it, I'm just looking at healing, like it just really distill healing down, and what does it look like, and what what we're finding in in um, and what Western medicine is finding, um, where it is missing you know like diseases on the rise you know obviously we've got these viruses that we're dealing with now we have all these different things that are happening with um in our society adrenal fatigue um you know adhd you know, on and on and on like all these different ailments and diseases and they're just like spiking and they distilled it down that 85 percent of these ailments can be traced back to stress right and so if you look at stress well where is stress in our body well stress is in the mind because we're you know, we're holding on to repetitive thoughts or anxious thoughts or um, the past, the future, this kind of thing. So we're, we're struggling here. We have a tension there or there's tension in our body. There's holding, there's a, a contraction within our body or there's emotions that we just haven't given ourselves the space to actually feel. So we suppress those and we restrict those. So there's three places in our body where we have restrictions is the body, mind and the emotion. And so if you look at sound, what I just explained was a physical component, how it's impacting that physical component then to create a relaxation or an opening. So that elicits a healing response. And then also, if you start to explore what's going on in the brain, neurologically, as you're listening to or making sound, those are the two most active things that your brain will ever do in your lifetime. Number one is, is making sound or music. And number two is actually listening to sound or music. 
So it's like exercise for the brain. And it actually then stimulates the entire nervous system and it allows a space for either with my work, what I do is I, I like to work with the biology and the neurology in a way that we are triggering a stress response so that we can then learn how to relax that stress response. So I work on both ends of the spectrum, whereas I see a lot of sound healing work is, is more soothing and relaxing, which is very important, obviously, with our stimulated modern worlds, yeah? But we can go both ways. And so the, the sound is impacting our neurology and the physicality. And then the third component of emotion comes in because, you know, like I said at the beginning of this, this little monologue that I'm doing. Yeah. You're diving <laughs> deep. That's why you're on the show. <laughs> yeah, is the, um, you know, it elicits emotion. And there's actual studies that show that dopamine's released, serotonin's released. There's different chemicals that are released as we listen to different musical notes and tones and rhythms. And so we have then the capacity through sound to work on all three of the levels that actually are creating the imbalances in our system to then create the disease or the stress or the ailment and so it's like a, a full meal deal right <laughs> so it's it's incredible yes i'd love to talk about all the work you do the incredible work you do in a minute but first of all i just want to say i love how you called this a portal zoom a portal i think number one yes. that's fantastic and you talked about in the absence of the physical touch you can use the vocal cords or sound which is so relevant in our current climate, call it what you will, it's not the same as being held. Or, or is that, or, is or that is psychological? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you the question, is that just my perception that the, the sound is enough to activate our cells, similar to a hug? Well, yeah, I would, I would agree with you. Like I'd much rather be lying down in an embrace with somebody than, than listening to them tone in my ear, but um, <laughs> the actual biology and the, the, uh, how the body receives it is almost identical. And that what I found through, that's what I mean, working in this kind of medium. Um, I always used to feel the need to be in a room with somebody to be able to produce the harmonics and octaves that come out of these instruments together. And then I would actually go around and physically place my hands on people to give them that sense of comfort, that sense of um, safety as they're going through the processes. And whether or not that's required is, is much more in question now than it was a year ago because I've done so much deep work through this medium and I haven't had that capacity to actually touch or embrace or hold somebody through their trauma or their stresses or whatever's going on for them. But yet they still get to this place where they feel held and they, they feel like they're safe and they can let go and they can release into what it is that's causing the imbalance to then open up into a place of peace and, and release and so forth healing yeah that's great i also just wanted to touch on i mean well most people have a voice box are, the, are words important well of course they're important but <laughs> yes <laughs> i know I you've talked about this before but the words or the tone of our voice or some people have i like some people's voices more than others is is that vibration or how would you define that well i think there's lots of components that are okay. um 
creating that experience. And one of them being that um, what the what sound does. So sounds one of the most ancient parts of us, right? It, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> it's like it's a part of it's one of the first systems that develops. So we're actually hearing in our bodies before we're doing a lot of other things before we're born. So it's one of the first systems to develop in the fetus. In our, and um, and so it's it's quite an innate part of us and it's the extension of the nervous system and it's the extension of a um, safety gate, let's say. Uh, it, it gauges whether or not you are safe or you're in threat. You know, you, you hear a loud noise in a bush or something and you turn to look at it. Like it was the, the sound that initiated that initial, am I safe? Is there something behind me kind of experience? And this is going on. If, if you look at the senses, it's one of the only senses that we can't turn off. Like we can, you know, we can plug our nose, we can do all kinds of different things that we're not, but close our eyes and so forth. But the ears are always working. Even when we're asleep, they're actually hearing things. That's why, you know, parents can be asleep in like the deepest sleep and their child cries and they get up and they go tend yes, to the child, I did, right? I didn't, didn't think of that. Yeah. So your ears are always on and, and they're always um, taking in sound. And this is one of the problems I think that is not yet truly identified in, in our society is that, you know, we're, we're very good at ignoring the sounds around us. And I mean, even just sitting here in my, my shed in the backyard near a national reserve, it's like, I can still hear the cars in the distance and I can still hear, you know, different things. And I'm sure these lights and these computers are sending hums and buzzes and whatnot. And, um, and in office buildings and cities, there's so much more noise and our nervous system is, is receiving that. And so that's creating an extra stress on us. And, and these noises are at a different frequency than what we naturally hear, for example, like a bird song or a wave crashing or, and those are more of a slower rhythm, rhythm, a slower frequency that create more harmony and peace within us. Whereas like a jackhammer or a, um, you know, truck driving by or brake squealing, this kind of stuff is, is, is a stress response that's, that's initiated. So I've already lost what your question was and what I was talking about. <laughs> I was talking. I was talking about words and. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> but course, I just wanted words. to touch on that. So sound pollution. So even if we we have earplugs and we're blocking out these potential. Oh, those are fantastic. If you got those like noise canceling headphones yes, and stuff, like. But it's still affecting our body. Exactly, hundred percent. Because your body's picking up those. I mean, there's there's. You look at some people. I, um, like you know that they they actually can't hear but they can play music or they can listen to music because of, they can feel the speakers of the vibrations and they, they've tuned practiced actually how to receive music in that way right i saw somebody on one of those like american idol or voice things or whatever like she's totally went deaf but she was still playing music and singing because she learned how to feel the song and the band through her feet and was like whoa so yeah our bodies are totally picking it up Great. So just back to words and sound. Words. Yes. <laughs> you got to keep me on track because I just fine. Go, <laughs> That's my job. So words, how important are the words that we speak compared to in our vocal box compared to the actual sounds that we make? Yeah. And that's what I was going to mention as well before I went on that other tangent was that, you know, your interpretation of a sound is different than my interpretation of a sound. So different voices to you are going to sound more soothing to different voices to me. And that's based on our experience. So that system in us that is actually the autonomic nervous system, basically, that's determining whether we're safe or whether we're in threat. And it's utilizing our, our ears 
um, to actually establish that. So it starts to record the sounds that we hear and then puts the emotion on top of it and stores that as a package in our brain and says that low tone that I heard was like the um, saber saber toothed tiger that was running through the bush. (laughs) Like that's dangerous. And I felt fear and danger. And so next time I hear something like that, I'm going to feel fear and danger. And so perhaps like the soothing voice of a low sound, maybe you had a close relationship with your dad, let's say, for example, and he used to sing you to sleep or something, or just his voice was like a place of safety for you. And so in your nervous system, you've associated that low tone sound with a sense of safety and peace. Whereas maybe somebody was raised by their mother and didn't have a dad in their lives and the voice pitch was higher. And so those sounds, that wavelength is a bit more. Now words... I'll get to it. <laughs> Words then, I think absolutely because it, but, but if you take, what, what is it, the, what is the word that is actually, it's the meaning that the word has to you. Mm-hmm. That's actually the impact, right? So if you divorce the meaning out, do the words actually have an impact? And I question that I do because I'm not so sure. I mean, I, I can hear somebody say, I love you in, 10 different languages with the intention behind it. And I can still feel the love, right? But right. I might not know the words, I love you in that other language. So have it's, any, it's so. the intention. When I think it's the intention. And that's what I've, um, yeah, I've kind of through my work have explored that because there's a lot of, um, a lot of weight is put onto the different notes that we play or the, the tones or the mantra, the, you know, there's sacred texts that have certain mantras that are supposed to create a relief of certain ailments or things or um, moving towards enlightenment and so forth. And um, whether or not you know what those mean or whether or not those words actually have that capacity, I don't know, because I've, I've worked with different tones and different frequencies, different songs, different mantras, and the intention behind it has been the same. And then the results that I see in the client's are also the same. So positive, beneficial, regardless of the mantra I'm doing, regardless of the frequency I'm doing. It's the intention. I mean, I could say I love you in 10 different ways and have different meanings each time in English. That's right. Exactly right. (laughs) Some of those might not be so loving. (laughs) What about the the power of our own voice to us? How does my own voice or your own voice affect the individual? Oh, so many good questions. (laughs) I'm loving this. Thanks. Um, Well, the beautiful thing about our voice is that we're, it's not only that we're then hearing it, it's that we're actually moving and vibrating the bones in our, in our skull, which actually satiates the nervous system as well. And then we're also expanding upon the breath. So if so a lot of these ancient practices are very similar in their technique and that you're singing a mantra or you're toning a, a single vowel sound and you're elongating it. And in doing so, you obviously have to take a deeper breath and then on the on the tone it then expands that breath out so you know in doing that that type of breathing a longer inhale and a much longer exhale then stimulates the rest and repair um, part of our nervous system so it takes us out of a stress response so that in itself is beneficial so there's there's components to our own voice and how it's impacting us that are more beneficial than actually than just receiving. That makes sense. It does. 
my mind's just gone to, oh my gosh, I bet no one has ever come over and put their Spotify playlist on for you <laughs> since you're the music expert. <laughs> it's oh. coming to cook for a five-star chef. Oh, I don't know. I, 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 I don't, I don't like to call myself a musician because I am, um, I've not been trained in any um, music or anything. I've just been, you know, just love music. And, yeah. um, and then I've, I've come, I, I think that's kind of why I've got a different slant on things than a lot of people that are working with sound in a healing way is because many times it's musicians that are just passionate about helping people and, and they find that, you know, through mantra, through kirtan or chanting or working with crystal balls or gongs or something, they can do that in a healing way and then, then utilize their, their skill in a different way. But for me, it was like I, I was working with massage. I was doing massage work and then I was doing energy work and healing work. And then all of a sudden that started into translate into vibration and frequency. And then I realized, you know, how impactful that was to add that to the, the session. So Yes, and I have been to one of your sessions. But so, if every if sound is vibration, everything is energy. I'm taught to believe that every thought, every action, every vibration doesn't disappear. It's always there. Does that mean the sounds that we play, or the sounds that we talk, or the sounds that we hear don't disappear? They're always there. I like to think so. I read I read something once where um, it was talking about on a quantum level on how you know, like I mentioned, the, the vocal cords vibrate and then the molecules in the air are bouncing off of each other and vibrating, passing those vibrations along. And then on a quantum level, those particles in the air, when they actually hit, they it's like a spark is ignited. And that spark is, is an infrared light. And that, so at that base quantum level, it's like, poof, there's a, a spark of light. And if you think of light, and how it travels. So sound obviously travels at a lower frequency than the speed of light. But in there, you actually, in the sound produces light that then transmits the intentionality. I like to think there's no science around this yet, but I like to think that the intentionality is then infused in that microscopic light that's in infrared light that's sparked through the molecules hitting each other that then ignites and goes beyond space and time. Oh, I love that. That's very interesting. So is there, is there such a thing as silence? Is there silence? Good question. I mean, I can't hear much now <laughs> except your voice, but I'm sure something could be picked up. Well, that's kind of like, that's, that's what some of these creation stories lend to, is that there was this eternal place of silence. You know, in, in the beginning, there was the word, but before that, there was no word, you know? And it's like there's this place of silence that which actually holds the space for then the vibration to emerge. And if you didn't have silence, then you wouldn't be able to produce a sound because it's actually the space between the sounds that allow for the different frequencies and vibrations to exist. Very interesting. And mm. okay, I'm just thinking about that one. So <laughs> you mentioned before about how sound connects us and how we remember sound and that the power of sound, but if you don't mind talking a little bit more, how sound can heal individuals. And I know you work with very large groups as well. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, and it, it constantly blows me away. And I think the, the basis of it stems from that concept then that, you know, 
at, at any ailment or discomfort or disharmony in our lives, there's a, there's a restriction or a holding within us, either on the mental, emotional, or physical levels. And that sound actually has the capacity then to impact those three aspects. To help release them? To help to release them, yeah. How do if you manage to work out how to do this? <laughs> Lots of trial and error. Yes and no. I mean, I think innately we want to we want to feel better. We want to let go. Um, it takes a lot. I think it's our natural state to actually release and to open and to express. Yes, and that um, the holding the the shutting down the uh, numbing down of what's actually going on in us that then creates the imbalance um, is something that we're, we're we're trying to find ways to get rid of it to to let it go to to move it and if you look at sound being vibration it's like it, it creates movement and so you I, like this gong behind me this is I, that's another portal that I like to refer to oh. and um and that sucker, when, when you start banging the gong, um, there's, there's so many overtones and harmonics that come through. That there's no escape, basically. You can try and hold on, but it's going to just like wash through you and it's going to move your cells. It's going to elicit emotion. It's going to um, release thoughts. Um, it's um, very challenging to try and hold a, a train of thought as you're listening to that gong sound. And so in all of that is an innate release or letting go. And I think that's the basis of, of the work is my initial uh, intention is to bring people, well, first and foremost, they've got to feel safe. Like if somebody doesn't feel safe with me or, or trust the process, then it's not going to, they're going to hold on for dear life because they're going to be in a contracted state. They're going to be in a holding state. And that's why I do tend to lean towards longer processes. Like we've got a four day retreat that we do. We've got um, online group coaching that spans a, a space of six months. And it's like, because during that time, we get to build a rapport and a sense of safety and a sense of trust with the people we're working with, that then they can just let go and and just be in the process and so then it leads to my second component which is to elicit that response of release release of the, of the thought patterns that are creating the the discomfort the anxiety the fear the whatever's going on uh, release of those emotions that we've we've bottled up and pushed down because of shame or guilt because it's not okay to feel that way or or whatever and the release of then the conditioned tensions that we hold in our body because um, we haven't taken the time to relax and, and truly allow ourselves the space for rest and, and nurturing and so if i can create that initial response of oh i can let go then we get in and then we then start to create this symphony of sound that creates this opportunity for an expansion of consciousness that allows us to start to traverse. So remember the, the sounds that we hear and then the vision is like a certain different frequency of sounds and you can go through emotions and thoughts and you can go even further than that. And this is what's, what's really blows my mind is, is that by having an intention to open people's uh, awareness and 
and consciousness up that they do <laughs> and that we can traverse beyond our five senses. And with the sound, it actually becomes like a bridge and it carries us. This is going to get woo-woo here. No, but... no, no. I'm excited. I'm very excited. I'm, I'm, I completely believe also that the emotions um, that we hold and repress create, do create sickness within the body. I'm excited. Please go on. Okay. Well, it's this is like people just, it blows me away every time it happens, but people are having experiences with loved ones that have died, you know, decades ago. And they're um, talking to the guardian angels, let's say, or, um, having you know these like psychedelic experiences just from working with their breath through the chanting and the and the sounds and the the experience and it's like you know dr no drugs needed and and we have this access to a greater potential and a, a different ability to perceive reality that is not just so i mean those are exciting and, and fantastical kind of experiences yes. to strive for but it's not just about that it's about building a relationship with that part of ourselves that's not attached to the five senses that is then bound by this time and space and actually creating a gateway to something a larger consciousness a greater consciousness that then can inspire our lives and for us to then take actions from a different vantage point and create a different life than to actually continue the same thought processes that we're attached to from the senses that we're receiving information to create the same life that makes sense it sure does it's very exciting and if you, yeah, if you could oh. open that portal in someone and I, I i guess it's not going back to the old patterning is is the challenge for many people and that's the, again the beauty of sound <laughs> right okay <laughs> <laughs> because it's a visceral experience right yeah so we can work with the mind we can you know go to psychology and work with the mind and and change those patterns but it's still ingrained in the body and the same with the emotions if you have an emotional release if you're not working with the thought patterns of that it's still ingrained in the thoughts or the body or vice versa you know but when you're hitting all three boom 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 it's like then you've created a shift in the mind and the emotion and the physicality and you actually have a different reference point to then gauge your life upon and and i always say like my the, the main process that i work with is a four stage process and we first stress the system which is the expansion and then we go into an unwinding where we elicit the response for the expansion to happen in the third stage and that's where these you know fantastical experiences happen and then the fourth stage being the most critical is called the integration. And that once you've had this experience of a, a new way of seeing your challenges or of um, being in a relationship or being with yourself or um, healing the you know loss of a loved one or something like that, it's like once you've had that, if you, if you can't embody that and bring it into your life, then there's really no point to it. It just becomes spiritual tourism, as I like to call it. God, and, um, you've got some good terminologies there. <laughs> I've been at this for Spiritual a while. Tourism. <laughs> these yes. little things, these little nuggets just land, and you're like, "Oh, that sounds good. I'll keep that." I mean, even the spiritual tourism can't hurt. Um, the, the, the spiritual, spiritual tourism. tourism. Yeah. It can't hurt. I guess, it can't hurt. No, absolutely. I guess you have to be, you know, have the intention that you really want to change. It's up to the individual. It might not be the right time for them, and they're happy to do a bit of sightseeing. I guess. Well, that's exactly right, and I and I. I would encourage much more sightseeing into the spiritual realm um, because I, I think it's one of the, 
the things that's lacking in our society, in our world right now is this relationship with our spirit, with our souls. And, um, you know, regardless of the, the conflicts and the challenges that we're confronted with, especially over the last year, um, at the basis of it, it's like, well, where's your soul? Where's your, where's your spirit? And, um, and what is it wanting to, to inspire in your life? And these types of conversations are rare and few and far between. So not on Passion Harvest. No, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and almost sound is a way that you've facilitated to, to foster that gap, that bridging between the, the soul and the individual. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think so. It's been my experience anyway. That's what wonderful work you're doing. Oh, well, thank you. I'd love at the end of the show to hear a, that gong. <laughs> oh, the gong, yeah. But we can. What other can questions have I not asked about sound that you must think? <laughs> I mean, do you think you. Can I just ask you when you hear someone's voice, do you think about the sound of their voice or not? No. Oh, no, good. Okay. I'm not that hypercritical. <laughs> no. What other questions have I not asked that you'd like to talk about? Oh. Wow, I think we've covered a lot of landscape there, haven't we? We have. Hmm. I think it- what I what I would like to share is maybe just a little um a little tool, maybe for the listeners. That would be to, amazing. Um, because all this stuff, it's like, oh, how do I get to a workshop and where do I get a big gong? It's like, well, it doesn't have to be that elaborate. And at the basis of it, you have your own voice, which I always say is the most powerful healing instrument in the world, is your voice. And so I just what what we've been doing in our retreats and in our coaching programs and so forth is a um is what we it's before we start anything and we found especially working in this kind of medium um online is that it translates um this sense of connection and the intentionality behind it and it allows us then to relax and um yes it's called heart centering it's a very very simple process and it allows you to use your voice to expand your breath and to just relax. <laughs> and, and that's really the key of it. So could I just take like three minutes and just Oh my walk gosh, you it? let's do it. I can't wait. <laughs> it's really and, simple. And I'm sure the viewers and listeners will love it too. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's very simple. What I like to do is, is I take my left hand and I just place it on the center of my chest. And then I take the right hand. And I, you can't see it from here, but I just take the thumb and I kind of let it rest in the navel point. And then the, the palm of the hand wraps around what's called the Dantian. Um, and that's a powerful point that um, we won't have time to talk about here. But um, in doing this with the posture, with the hands like that, we literally embrace ourselves. We're literally holding ourselves. And, and this is a safe and, and beautiful place to go to just to begin with. So that's the starting point. And, um, and if you ask my friends, you'll, you'll see me doing this in the lines at Coles sometimes when people are being really slow and obnoxious. I'll just be like, okay, let's Thank drop you in. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but here we are. And the beautiful thing then of this posture, if you want to just close your eyes down and, and just go into this space of holding yourself, the beautiful thing then is that as you relax, that right hand can then hold the sensation of the breath expanding down into the belly. So if you let your breath expand, the belly will expand as well. And you feel it down there in the right hand. And then the left hand is sitting in another critical position. So it not only feels the rhythm of your breath, 
you can also feel the beat of your own heart. And so right here, we're holding the two unique rhythms of life that are moving through you, your breath and your, your heart. And so this, just this alone, like if you're in, in public on a bus or something and you just you can do this and no one's going to take you away in a straitjacket, right? And it relaxes your nervous system, relaxes your mind, relaxes your whole body. So you could spend as long as you want here. And then the next component, once I start to tune into this space, this relaxation, then the easiest approach is to just find a sense of gratitude. You know, how, how good is it that we have this breath and this heart that's beating in our body and we actually have this body that's carrying us through this life? Like, wow, how lucky are we? And it, it doesn't take any effort for us to actually breathe or beat that heart. It just does it. Life just moves through us. Just feel a sense of gratitude for that. And let that gratitude then just imagine it moving through your entire body. And then we use that as an intention, the gratitude that we're feeling. And we put it into the voice, a simple sound that we can use as a sound ah, because that just means the jaw relaxes, the tongue relaxes. We're all about relaxation. And we'll just do three ahs. You can do it as long as you want. For this, we'll just do three. So just a deep breath in. You know, ah. And again, putting the gratitude into the voice. yourself to receive gratitude as you give it out this third time. Ah. Beautiful. And it's that simple. And I like to do that for a few minutes, but just even three times you can feel the sensations, the vibration in your body. And any situation you find yourself in, you can just use that as a place to reconnect, drop in, relax, feel good. And then just slowly take a deep breath in. Exhale out, let the hands relax. Let your eyes slowly open. You don't want to shock the system. And there we go. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So, yeah, I wouldn't, I would, wouldn't advise to doing that toning in the bus or in the line at Coles, but um, you can do it in your mind and at home. And um, yeah, that's the basis of a lot of the practices that I do is, is that kind of thing. Um, well, I'm, I'm so relaxed now. I'm sure if our listeners or watchers will be relaxed as well. Yeah. All your details will be in the show notes, but where, where's the best place for people to connect with you? Uh, yeah, probably go to um, my newest collaboration, um, which is Live and Flow. So that's where all the, the newest evolved works and processes are. So it's liveandflow.co. Okay. No M, just the Great. C. Well, th thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. It's been so insightful. I'm, I'm going to re-listen to this show and definitely practice that heart-centered. 
Are you able to bang that gong for us? I am. Let's just hope that we don't blow the speakers out. I'm just oh, going to. Oh, okay. Let's, I, I have to turn that on, turn some filters off. It's been. Oh, a, it's if it's a hassle, a don't worry. No, no. It's just like grab a mallet now and hit it and see what happens. Okay. I don't want you blowing out your speakers. Well, it'll be your ears, not mine. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I think we're all right. Can you hear it coming through? Yeah. Yeah. No worries. Hopefully, it wasn't too distorted. I usually have a whole bunch of mics around yeah, and turn the filters off. Yeah, we're not that technical yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've had to learn the hard way. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I've loved being on you, being on Passion Harvest. Oh, thank you so delight. much. I love what you're doing. It's it's incredible. We need to get more of these kinds of conversations out there. Definitely. Thanks, Matt. Thank bye you. Bye for now. All right. Bye bye. Bye. That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.